And here we go, folks. We're back <coughs> with Inside Mule Day. Mule Day. <laughs> I, I like that. Inside Mule we Day. We should have had some kind of like Mule Day music. Well. No. No. <laughs> and you know, you know, we've had some, uh, uh, I won't chastise her, we've had some, some previous uh, a lot of meal day discussions, but somebody wasn't here. I'm so sorry. You know, that's Sarah Elizabeth. We are glad Sarah Elizabeth is back with us, working uh, for all of us for the benefit, our benefit on writing grants and getting money for our local area. Yes. Local counties. We are in the heat of it. It's uh, community development block grant time, and we're working on those grants for the municipalities and communities we serve. I think we'll probably do about 20 applications. for, yeah. And then um, we're also working on local parks and recreation grant fund uh, for some park systems in the district. So um, it's, it's daunting. It's a daunting task, but uh, we always get it done. And I have to give a shout out to my supervisor, Lori Fisher, anybody that knows Lori knows that she is uh, driven to help better the communities in the South Central. Taskmaster. Yes. Taskmistress. Yes, she's the best, though. Um, And then uh, Kayla Baxter, uh, she's a grants administrator. And so Leah Thomason, um, there's four of us, and we crank them out. um, Good. And we enjoy one another, and I'm very thankful for my job. And I'm thankful to see – I was told when I took this job that I would see – the benefits of my labor, and I see it all the time. Well, you know, the thing about the South Central Tennessee District is that people, it is kind of a hidden gem. It, you, you operate behind the scenes. People don't know you very well or what you do, but mm-hmm. what you do is so important. Well, yes, you get yeah. sidewalks, you get water infrastructure, you get sewer infrastructure. Um, they don't do water and sewer lines right now with that grant program, but they have in the past. But that gets... Drinking water to people they that are drinking out of wells that have all kinds of bacteria in it. And it contaminants. It, contaminants. It's terrible. And um, thanks to Scott, we don't have any landfill stuff. Uh, no, contaminants no. Scott's raising that finger. Now, wait a minute here. <laughs> but it also helps with um, bringing arts to the communities. I helped do the Arts Bill Community Grant for the district and, um, and the historic preservation things as well. And it's just, it brings so much. It adds playgrounds to, to parks and just Good stuff. infrastructure. Yeah. Good stuff. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, folks, we got a lot to talk about today, but let me introduce the players real quick. I'm Jim Ross. we got Terry Wilcox on the board. Mm-hmm. We've got Representative Scott Sapicki. Good morning. We've got Sheila Hickman. Good Thank morning. Goodness that she showed up. <laughs> and she was on time today. That's Did right. y'all That's notice ha- that? Well, because- no, Sheila's usually on time. <laughs> it's because all the lights were green. Yeah. And that makes I can get to town in no time if I, all the lights I are green. It. I get it. And we got Sarah Elizabeth Hickman, McLeod. McLeod. McLeod here. And we have a special guest in here. We got Scott's older son, Gabriel. Who is, uh, he's just so bashful. He doesn't like to talk at all. And we're just so, thankful to be here. That's right. Well, we're glad you're here. We always yes. like to have, you know, we do like to have, it's fun when Lou is here because we get some young people in here to kind of throw a little uh, perspective in it. And it's never smart alecky either. Gabriel. No, sir. Never. Yeah, not at all. You know? <laughs> he's just I get an it. I get it talking to if I'm smart alecky. <laughs> you know? Well, I tell you what, though, and I want to tell everybody here. I think Gabriel's as tall as his dad. Might be taller. 
You know, we're getting pretty close. Daniel's a genetically modified one. <laughs> well, that comes from, you know, all those antibiotics and everything else, you know, that go into the cattle down there. You know? That brother's huge. I think he's 6'5", 280-ish now, and he's going to be a sophomore next year. That is crazy. That's He's hopefully going to be able to pick his college if he works hard That's, enough. Well, now, how tall are you? I think I'm 6'3"-ish. Well, that's pretty good. It's not six five as a freshman, though. <laughs> well, he's also got a little weight on you too. Yeah, yeah, but I think he'll do really well next year if yeah. he keeps working hard, especially in the weight room. Well, I, your dad brags on you. I think you're going to do pretty well too, and we're always glad of that, folks. Mule Day, Mule Day, our well, favorite time of year. I would really, you know, it, it's funny. It's really it's Mule Week. It is. It is. Things started on Wednesday, I believe. Well, really, the mule train started on Monday, but I think activities started at the mm-hmm. park yesterday. I think, yeah, they yeah, did. They yes, started yeah. yesterday. Yeah, the mule train actually arrived, I believe, Wednesday. It, they did. They were, uh, mm-hmm. traffic on 43 was. Yeah. Usually, the thing that we do first to kick off Mule Day is we invite the Mule Day Queen and her court to the General Assembly. Oh, yeah, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. And oh, how nice. It was unfortunate for the young ladies, it was Monday night. Oh, oh no! no. But uh, the speaker was gracious enough that uh, understanding that these young ladies, this is a big thing for them, mm-hmm. and so we were able to recognize them. It was a very solemn occasion, obviously, but uh, uh, the uh, the Mule Day Queen did a very good job. Uh, her court was very pleasant. Everybody was very happy to see the Mule Day Queen. Obviously, in a very bad situation for Tennessee, um, just a little a little ray of sunshine there at the end of the day. But uh, that usually kicks off what Mule Day is all about. We mm-hmm. get the, we get the uh, the history of it, and then I formally invite 99, and I, I'm, I apologize, but I invite 99 legislators to come to Murray County and and, and watch Mule Day. And, watch and Mule folks, Day. if it's an election year, about <laughs> 95 of them show up. Yeah. And they'll be running over each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Patting people on the back and kissing babies yeah. and shaking hands. They used to have this big to-do up at the Antonium where all the politicians would pile in. I don't know if they even do it anymore. But they would all pile in up there. And I remember one in particular who, I don't know who he was or what he was running for, but he said... I want you to meet my darling wife. <laughs> because he thought they'd get him a vote. Sheila, I thought the best line, of course, Scott about half killed me on this one, but it came from a good friend, Jimbo McCormick, when he said one year, he says, I hope we have an election so we can have a parade. <laughs> There's a bit of truth in that. Yeah. Just remember when we have those elections, it generates a lot of money for the printers around here. It Let me does. There, there you go. Yes. Good for the economy. Yes. There you go. Well, folks, schedule of events, I've got one right here. It looks like uh, from 10 to 7, we have Arts, Crafts, Flea Market out at the park. Live music at the main stage starting at 10 and going to 7. Now, I don't know, have a, I don't have a lineup of exactly. No, we don't have the lineup. I bet that's bluegrass. Well, or various. Well, that was last night. Oh, that's they right. That's bluegrass. right. Uh, at eleven, at eleven o'clock, I think the the auctioneers uh, at, yes, the, at so, the barn. Yeah, at the barn, at the livestock barn out on Industrial Park Road. The Columbia Breakfast Rotary is doing the Mule Day Auctioneer Contest. Um, Headed up by the Double E. The Double E's. Mm-hmm. It's their fifteenth year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very excited. Um, my dad and Ellie Grace are Rotarians, and they are already out there working. Does so. he have his checkbook with him? Yes. Or did Sheila take it away? No, no. no we have separate checkbooks. <laughs> <laughs> We've never had the same checkbook. 
<laughs> but we do we do combine our resources. But uh, no, he he controls his own checkbook, and I just spend mine. However, there you go. Well, at eleven thirty, there's going to be a pack mule demonstration at the old oh, arena. That is very interesting. Yeah, I say it's really cool because that is the way America lived for about a hundred or so years. Oh yes. You know, as far as doing things, it looks like twelve noon is the driving mule show at the old arena. People don't understand that mules are still used. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know who uses them a lot? The Amish. Well, the Amish do, but the also what what industry still? Oh, loggers, loggers, because mm-hmm. a mule can get into places. Yeah. And I'll let you comment on that, Scott. I don't know if y'all own any, but they they get they get into places that a tractor cannot get into and pull. You know? Yes. Now, now Gabriel, with his trailer skills, could probably get into yes. that. <laughs> I have I have manufactured two pack mules in my life. <laughs> so, hey, hey, guess what? You're still feeding them too, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. What's interesting is as I get older. Um, my pack starts to shift to my other pack mules. <laughs> so my burden gets lighter and theirs gets heavier. That's good. But, uh, well, I think Gabriel's a pack mule. I, th- I think Daniel's is a, is a draft horse. <laughs> I mean, he's a Belgian or he something. Uh, and remember, one of the things we do, Senator Hensley and I, we've worked with the double E, uh, that we will recognize last year's winner, a, te- a Tennessee colonel. So oh, that, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's one of the things that they get. They get the nice belt buckle. But they also get to be put into the uh, archives as a, as a Tennessee colonel. Oh, and they that, come from everywhere. What else we got on there, Well, Sarah? I was just looking so uh, I could maybe. Start about after, afternoon at 1 o'clock. Uh, so, uh, like 2 o'clock, uh, let's see, this is Friday. Uh, they're going to, uh, <laughs> 2 o'clock, they're going to have a, a pack, another pack mule demonstration. So, uh, I saw a post on Facebook last night. Somebody was asking where all this stuff is. Most everything is at Murray County Park. Line Parkway out in that part of the town of Columbia. Um, there is some stuff at the 4-H Center, which is right across the street from Murray County Park. And do remember the auctioneer's contest is out off Industrial Park Road off the Livestock Bar. Yes, yes. and that's off James Campbell Boulevard. Yes. So um, they're going to have a 4 o'clock cart barrel races at the main arena. At 6 o'clock, they're going to have the gated mule show. So everybody know about a gated mule? That would be mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nice. Yeah. Gated mule, um, it's crossed with a gated horse like a Tennessee walking horse. They are smooth riding. I got to actually ride one uh, when I worked at the Celebration in Shelbyville. You didn't fall off? I did not. It was really cool. Like riding for um, those of you who don't, like a chair. Here's an analogy. For those of you who don't understand gated and non-gated, uh, a non-gated horse would be like riding over rough road in a big off-road truck with monster truck tires. Right? <laughs> exactly. Okay? Bumpy. A gated horse would be like riding in a Cadillac. Yes, yeah. it's or, or it would be like West Seventh a year ago versus today. <laughs> there we go. Preach it, brother. <laughs> well, well put. Well put. <laughs> Very well put. <laughs> that was not a state issue. No, <laughs> no, no absolutely no. not. Uh, we also have live music at six thirty tonight at the Ridley Four H Center, and then the Liars Contest um, that our beloved Bob Duncan and my mother, um, and I believe Adam Southern is helping with that this time at seven o'clock at columbia central high school that is quite a tradition it started at burger king um uh telling whoppers yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> Did you know that? I'm, I'm assuming you're telling the truth and not lying to us. No, right? that's right. That is true. Right. 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 I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, by the way, there's a Krispy Kreme coming to Tennessee. <laughs> oh, okay. or to, oh. to Columbia. Really? Oh, there is. Where? Where? I hate you. I can't <laughs> say <laughs> I just won. <laughs> well, I, I won. April Fools is yeah. tomorrow. Next, yeah. you know, next, you know, he'll be telling us there's a Publix coming. Yeah. Hey, by the way, that Mule Day parade is taking is going during April Fools. Yes. I will be on high alert. Yes. <laughs> well, so on Saturday, I'll just run through this really fast if that's okay. Saturday is a Murray Regional 5K race, which usually goes through Riverside part of town. Um, so be mindful of that. Um <laughs> There'll be arts and crafts and the flea market still at the park and then live music at the park as well from 10 to 7. The Mule Day Parade starts at 11 a.m. There are a lot of streets going to be closed. So look mm-hmm. at the Columbia Police Department website. The, read the read, signs. Read the signs. I have a, a really cool story in my history moment about good. signs. Well, if the weather is good, this place will be loaded by Absolutely. 10 o'clock. And the yes. weather is and supposed, supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. Tom Hitch will be your friend tomorrow. Yes, yes. Tom yes. Tom Hitch and 43 will, will be, be your friends. friends. <laughs> uh, after the parade, they have a mule pull. That is a really neat thing to see. Mm-hmm. They, they stack cinder blocks on this sled and the mules pull as... And they just keep adding weight to it. And it's done by weight class. Yes. And you see huge meals. Like, they make you... So Daniel is in the the large group. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then they'll have... He's driving today. Practice. He's in driver's ed today. Oh. (laughs) He's probably got the radio on listening to what you're saying about (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. We love you. (laughs) We'll remember him when he goes goes to a power five. That's right. We'll have to go watch him play. Remember us. (laughs) Uh, and then at noon, at high noon, they'll have the Skillington Draft Mule Show. So these are mules that are that ha- come from Belgians or mm-hmm. Percherons. These are huge, huge animals. Animals. And then at six o'clock, the bluegrass music, line dancing, and Mule Town Stompers at the 4-H Ridley Center. There you Center. go. So a few square so, yeah, also immediately after the parade, uh, the Mule House is a free concert. Yes, oh yeah, and uh, they got the it's local bands, the Reeves Brothers, the Winslow Brothers, Yonder Grove, and Buck Six will all be performing immediately after the parade. Uh, there'll be food trucks in there. They got uh, spices right off the hook. Ooh la la, shaved ice, smoky dogs, take flight, wings and things, and Xander's Pizza. So that starts right after the parade. That's... And they have the the concert that was scheduled for tonight with uh, Chris Jansen and Shane Prophet has been pushed till Sunday because it's outside yeah, uh, in the, the parking lot. And there, because yeah. of the weather, uh, uh, Blair mm-hmm. Garner's uh, announced yesterday that they would just honor the tickets, but they're going to be Sunday evening instead of tonight. Good. Yeah, and like, then uh, Delk, Delk will be out on the parade route interviewing people out front. Yes, he will. The so, man on the street. And so what I might do is when he has that wireless uh, a microphone he puts up to my face, I just might grab it in the truck and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and, see, and see how long he'll chase me down left out. Scott, that has happened before. He's, yeah. he's done people on, on, a, mm-hmm. on a horse, and they've gotten it, and, and all of a sudden they take off, and, and Delk's going, get my microphone back. <laughs> oh, also, don't forget uh, Bloodies and Biscuits at the Polk Home. Uh, mm-hmm. We know morning. what time it starts. I, 
It's got to start about eight. About eight, does, and then the and music the is a, breakfast, isn't it? The and music? the pancake breakfast by yeah. the Cullioca Lions Club across the street in the Memorial Building. Yeah, the, that is the, the that, music is nine to eleven yeah. at the Polk House. That's yeah. very interesting. The pancake because there's a lot of people not from Murray County who go to it. Uh huh. Yeah. And so you walk around and talk to people yeah. and just find out like where you're from, right? Yeah. And it's kind of cool to engage. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a neat because um, it might be your it might be your neighbors in a month. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're here. They're here to see if they like it or not so a lot of things going on a lot of first fridays it's first fr- uh, not no, first friday it's not. not first friday but i'm sure downtown will be buzzing this evening, yeah i, I so. believe they're going to be uh keeping the stores open tonight they said okay. last week it's kind of a pre-first friday if you will because of everything going on so they're going to be all the businesses are going to stay open till eight or nine o'clock tonight. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, called, stupid. it's called capitalism yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Well, I tell you, folks, we got to keep these doors open here at WKRM, WKOM. And I tell you what, we'll be right back after a few messages. One of our objectives at Caledonian Financial is to impact our clients and friends in a positive manner. Whether it's a friendly voice, a smile and a wave as you walk past our office, or supporting our community, the Caledonian team is actively involved through our memberships in Kiwanis, Rotary, Murray Alliance Circle of Excellence, volunteering in Boy Scouts and 4-H, serving on a variety of boards and more. We stay connected to Murray County. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. You want to grill out, but the price of meat has been skyrocketing at the supermarket. So how about 20 ribeyes for $39.99? Prime House Direct, America's number one online butcher, is having a gigantic four-day sale. Today through Saturday, 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. Rain or shine at Marvin's. 860 North Ellington Parkway, Lewisburg. Look for the big truck. And the big tent. 20 ribeyes, $39.99. Cases of fillets, New York strips, Delmonico's, homeless chicken breast, and even large shrimp with wholesale boxes of individual prime portions. Vacuum sealed for long freezer life. 20 ribeyes, $39.99. Accepting cash, credit, debit card, and EBT. 20 ribeyes, $39.99. Stop by and register to win our $1,000 prime steak, chicken, pork, and seafood package along with a free freezer. No purchase necessary. 20 ribeyes, $39.99. At Marvin's. 860 North Ellington Parkway, Lewisburg. Today through Saturday, 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. Rain or shine. Online at theprimehousedirect.com. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. 
The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. How to kill all mosquitoes in the area in 90 seconds. This simple but brilliant trick you can do tonight. That was our beloved Dolly Parton singing yeah. the Mule Skinner Blues. Call it up on YouTube, folks. It's a great song. It's a great song. So it would not be uh, me. It would not be the history moment without history of Mule Day today, right? Mm-hmm. So I've dug through newspapers and stuff, but I wonder what W. D. Hastings, who was was known as the Daddy of Mule Day. Uh, and Gilbert Orr and others that helped start the Mule Day event back in the early 1900s would think about our celebration today. I think the first thing they would think, we don't dress up enough. Now, by the way, folks, everybody knows Gilly Mack. That yeah. is Gilly Mack's daddy. Yes. Gilbert Orr. Yes. Wonderful, colorful man. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So, um, but... As was Gilly, as Gilly <laughs> Mack is. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I'd start a little story because we have someone from... That went to Wisconsin in the room. Uh, But I found a story about a gentleman from Wisconsin that was trying to come through Columbia on Mule Day in 1940. This gentleman stopped on the outskirts of Columbia, uh, and we did not have Highway 31. That was Riverside Drive. Okay. Um, uh, And then all traffic, like I said, came through Riverside. Um, We also didn't have Carmack Boulevard or James Campbell Boulevard. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Uh, there was a guide standing at the sign that said Mule Day Detour, and the Wisconsinite demanded that he was in a hurry to get back to Wisconsin and asked why he couldn't get through the town. The guide further explained downtown was shut down and that he would have to go around. And he, the guy left in a hurry and followed the detour. Later that night, the guide happened to see the Wisconsinite at the Bachelor's Club Ball. <laughs> That's a story. And he said... I thought you were in a hurry to get back to Wisconsin. And the Wisconsinite said, Wisconsin hell, I'm going to stay in Columbia a week, and I haven't had so much fun in years. Yeah, <laughs> so, wouldn't doubt it. 
I wouldn't doubt it. So there were a lot of balls and, and things after Mule Day. but In the olden days. In the olden days. But in the 1840s, Mule Day was known as Livestock Day. Farmers and breeders would bring their livestock to town for display on the first Monday in April. It later became Breeders' Day. And after uh, the Civil War, farmers and breeders began producing meals for the market. And in 1868 was the first time that there was an ad to buy a carload of mules on the open market in Columbia. What what year or what decade do y'all think that tractors finally started taking over from livestock? Not, not until the 50s. Really? That late? That, I think before they were... I'm trying to think about about where where I am, but well, the Model I, T didn't come out in cars about 1910. That's yeah. right, but so. but people around here were slow to give up their meals, and I I'm old enough that I can remember <laughs> my grandfather and my father farming with mules. I can actually remember their mowing hay and use it <clears throat> using the mower to lay the hay down. And I can remember when we had stacks of hay. We didn't have rolls of hay or yeah. bales yeah. of hay. I can remember that. And we had one mule, and then the neighbors had a mule. And so if you need two mules, then you borrowed a one. mule. Everybody changed meals around. And our mule was named Old Hat. Now, I don't know the name for reason for that. Nobody ever told me he, she, he, she was just Old Hat. And they bought her when my daddy was a young man, and he rode her home from town to Carter's Creek. We live eight miles from the courthouse. Wonder how long that took. I don't know a while. Anyway, that mule lived until I was in college. A long time. Uh, guess the age. Oh, way up in 30s, more yeah. than that, maybe 40-ish. I never have figured it out, but uh, but she was our she was our toy. We would play with her. It's a wonder she hadn't killed us. She would lie down on the up there by the barn, and we there are five of us double first cousins, and we'd just get on her back, and our mothers would be down at the bottom of the hill screaming, get off that mule, he'll kill you. And sure enough, one Sunday afternoon, Two of my cousins and I decided that we would ride old hat, and we could we could put the bridle on and all that stuff. And then just to be a little more dashing, we put an old sheet across her back, so that we looked like something right out of a movie. And the old hat decided, as mules will do, that she would follow her own volition, and she went into the barn and scraped us off as she went in. <laughs> off and, a timber, right? Uh, yeah, up. well, and I have the scar on my leg to prove it. She, The tin got us as we went through. Uh, it was just horrible, just horrible. And there we were. I, I had argued with them that I wanted to ride in the middle, and I was the one that got hurt the most because I just had to have the best seat in the house. But Omi was quite an, the old hat was quite an institution in our family. We still talk about her, those of us who knew her well. Well, now, one thing I picked up on all this, Sarah, is that your mother mentioned something that is a story into itself that we won't get into being a double first cousin. Yes, we should do genealogy one day. We'll, we'll, we'll do, do that. that one day. We'll do that. So, That's but, pretty cool. It is. But in 1919, First Monday was described in the newspaper uh, to those of who, 
To those who have never witnessed a first Monday in Columbia, the street scenes were a revelation. It appeared that the skies had suddenly opened and all the mules in the state had been dropped into the city. The streets were living, seething masses of mules from dusk to dawn. But when darkness came, they disappeared as suddenly as they came. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, that sounds like a great story, you know. Uh, but in the 1920s, it became the biggest street mule market in the world. Mules were hustled to the stockyards and shipped out by the train carload. One time, some of the mules got out, uh, got loose at the depot, and it said there were wild mules everywhere on the depot <laughs> side of town. Uh, in the 1930s, um, Mule Day uh, was... Uh, pushed a little bit further. W.D. Hastings, he was the editor of the Daily Herald, thought about the economy and the morale of the town and wanted to create an event. Will Rogers was even invited to this uh, event. Did he come? He did not. He declined due to previous engagement, but he wrote about Mule Day in his syndicated column, helping Columbia gain nationwide recognition. But we've had a few big-time celebrities Yes, we've had big-time celebrities. The governor... Usually, always comes, um, and every year the number of attendants keeps increasing. The in 1934 it was said 20,000 people came. There's a lot of people there. That's a yeah, lot of people that, yeah. then for that year. Um, in 1939, they had a thousand girls on a thousand mules. That was a mile long. Wow. That that is an amazing picture to see yes. all those mules, yes. those pretty girls, all those mules. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the Mule Day pictures uh, Ormans took, um, Buster Orman took, and his f- f- photographers. Um, there's a big collection at the Murray County Archives that I helped catalog um, for Bob Duncan uh, when I was his intern. At and the West Seventh Street. And, oh yeah, and West Seventh Street. Street. So, yeah. Um, they also had the Mule Circus at Pillow Park, which is now Riverwalk Park. The circus was the brainchild of. Gilbert Orr, you could pay 15 cents to see mules pull, race, a walking mule contest, and a mule that could not be ridden contest. That sounds like fun. Um, we had one of those, too. <laughs> uh, the precursor to the bucking bronco. Right? And uh, the newspaper, I thought this was neat. In 1941, the newspaper interviewed a hot dog uh, concessionaire. And he said he had the best sales of hot dogs in the five years he'd been selling them on, on Mule Day. Huh. Isn't that cool? I'm so, like, hot dogs. This is 40. 40. That was 41. And okay. then there was a uh, there was one in 42, and then it was canceled during the rest of the World War II years. And it started back up in 1947. Um, and the top mule was from Haynes Haven. Yeah. The farm that was also known for... Uh, pacing horses, trotters, trotters and pacers, racers. And, of course, tell everybody who may not know exactly what is on Haynes Haven now. So, on Haynes Haven now is the new battery plant in Spring Hill. And um, it's encroaching on the historic site, but um, that's just part of it. Uh, modern. Whether you like it or not, <laughs> Sheila. I know. So it's progress. Progress. It is we progress. Reckon. We reckon um, it's progress. And in 1945, <laughs> they said after the parade, there was a grandpappy of all traffic jams. <laughs> if they should be here now, it could be every day would be the grandpappy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, mules are classified according to size as we were talking about draft mules and everything about the events. Cotton mules weigh between 900 and 1,000. 1,050 pounds. 
they are suited for Mississippi and the Carolinas where the soil is light. Sugar mules weigh between 1,110 pounds and 1,300 pounds are suited for heavy soils in the deep south. Um, a good mule should have a good dense bone in his feet, strong straight legs, well-muscled shoulders, a short strong back, good hocks, a short full neck, pointed ears, and a good bright eye. Wow, sounds like a dating app. <laughs> Uh, it does, it does. That was the voice of Terry Wilcox to all the ladies out there. Uh, they're, um, so they're a hybrid. They're offspring of a jack and a mare. And Murray County always had good meals because of the quality of its seed stock, the interest of the breeders in jack stock and meal production, and, and the soil. Our soil is known for lime and phosphate. That It has a lot of that in there. Um, bluegrass here also provides superb pasture from early spring to late fall. Um, it, at one time, and I'm sure it's still a plus, I would have to check, but it was said that Middle Tennessee had more bluegrass than Kentucky. Hmm. Um, Middle Tennessee may, may have just as much. Yes. But another thing that contributed to Murray County's, um, like, no, being known for mules is the U.S. government had a Jack and Janet breeding farm here. Hmm. Not many people r- r- know that or realize that, but it was located at the Middle Tennessee Experiment Station. Um, that is where the Murray County Park is yeah, the, today. That's the Central, old, yeah, the old one. Central High yeah. School, all that out there. It was the only kind of farm like that in the world. Um, there were uh, there was a maintained at the farm the best jack stop available, as well as Tennessee walking horses and draft breed mares. And they had uh, systematic observations were made of the effects of breeding and feeding on pulling, power, fertility, etc. And in the 1900s, uh, the mules were still valuable in agriculture, but the, the tractors slowly started taking its place. They used mules in World War One from here. Uh, they, the army came yeah. down about 10 or 20 years ago and, and still bought some. Yes, yes. Afghanistan. So, yeah. Yeah, so they... You know, mules are still used today. We were talking about that off the air. You know, they're used for logging uh, today as well as other things. So, um, but there's, every, like I said, every year. In 1984, they estimated 90,000 people attended. Wow. And I noticed. That what year was that? 1984. I did notice, and I don't know if y'all have noticed, but the the traffic counters are out in town. The the yeah, lines yeah, across yeah, the road, the strips. Yeah. the strips. So I'm wondering if that like because you can get this is something I know because I write grants about road improvements. You can get the the number of cars per day on the road, so you can ex, like sort of gauge how many people are here. Maybe I don't know. I don't know well, remind remind us of when the break in Mule Day was. It was during from, the war. Well, World War Two, and then there was another break. Uh, the last one um, in the well, we we restarted Mule Day 74. in the early 70, 74, mm-hmm. but there was about a ten or twenty year break. Yes, yeah, not the either. last in front of that around forty eight. 50, 50 around 1950. I can remember that just so about uh, over 20 years. Yeah, yeah, around 1950. Um, every year they they always tried to have bands and they tried to have um, 
celebrities, celebrities and everything. They all they they used to have a mule sale on the public square, and they have yep. done that even since it's been revived. Yes. They have had it. They have the square. Mule Day pageant. They have um, they have all kinds of. In seventy eight, they had a stagecoach, a medicine wagon, a horse drawn hearse, goats, and zonkeys. Well, now, <laughs> Sheila remembers, from a celebrity standpoint, didn't Gene Autry show up here? No, here? that's a different story. That's, that's a different a, story. That's okay. a different right. story. But we've had Bill Monroe. <laughs> he came one time. That was a big deal. I had my picture made with Bill Monroe. Yeah. And right. he didn't bring the bluegrass boys, just him. Just him. But yeah. It, it's, it's, and they had, when it started back in the 70s, they started giving it themes. Like, you know. Yeah. Um. So, but, uh. It's it's really neat to go back through uh, and see. I, I hope somebody, talked. excuse me, Sarah Liz, no, I fine. hope somebody in that band of people is keeping some kind of historical record. I'm sure they are. Yeah, I don't know I if think they've got so. an archivist so. or not. But anyway, I will leave you with this. I hope everyone stays safe at Meal Day um, and enjoys Meal Day. Say hi to people visit, visiting here. Yeah. Welcome them to our town. Um, it, it was crazy. I know some people that leave town, kind of like people in Bedford County leave during the horse show So uh, <laughs> and shovel. Uh, but uh, enjoy your weekend and have fun. The good old-fashioned Middle Tennessee hospitality. Yes. That's it. And I tell you what, I have. we're going to go take a break, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. Let's face it, the world is constantly changing and it is now more important than ever to take care of those who you trust with your business every day. Large and even international competition has made it increasingly difficult to keep your best talent. With Caledonian Financial's local business plan to help, you can give your employees a business package that is competitive and effective for everyone. I'm Thomas Sneed with Caledonian Financial here in downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at GarbageManInc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. 
Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee. And Scott has had a, um, a an eventful week this week. I know that things are tame up at the at the state uh, <laughs> house and it's just not, you know, things are usually kind Almost of, dull. Yeah, they're really dull, aren't they, Sheila? There's just not much <laughs> going on up there. But uh, but uh, Scott's already looking up at the clock. How much time do I have? All right, Scott, take sure. her away. Um, first of all, very tragic what happened on Monday. Yes. Um, we have a huge, a huge mental health issue in our state right now, in our country for that matter, right? Yep. A lot of people out there are just hurting, and we've got to figure out a way to provide more resources to help those who need it the most to prevent, hopefully, prevent these things from happening, not only in our schools, but in our society. Uh, So we are working on that. Um, We've already put $250 million into a mental health trust fund for people to draw down for more guidance counselors, school psychologists, school uh, help for our kids in our schools, private entities to pull money down. Uh, we've already put uh, $20 million in the budget for re- recurring safety grants. Now, I will tell you this. You since, hear that, Sarah Lynn? Since, <laughs> since I've been up there for five years, we have done a tremendous job of providing funds for our public schools to harden their facilities. Uh, the ballistic tape on the, on the glass doors, the cameras, the, the, the security locks. Uh, providing technology for them to, when you go to a school, you have to show them yes, your ID, you and they can run you through, I think it's called Raptor. It yes, is Raptor. It is. Right? Raptor. And, and that scans for any kind of people who are deemed mentally unstable or have uh, uh, wants or warrants. It just allows us to provide. And our, our public schools now, we've done a fantastic job of making it very difficult to gain entry into our, our public schools. Which all of the all of the law enforcement will tell you to to stop these shooters, you have to stop the entrance into the school. Yes, it's kind of common sense, right? But here's the problem: we've done such a good job on the public side, our private schools are now vulnerable. Yeah. So we are working right now 
we're going to try to we're going to move money around in the budget we believe and we're going to come up with a school safety grant for private schools to pull money down no strings attached I know everybody's saying oh no no strings attached these children that go to private schools are residents of Tennessee and they're, they're our Tennesseans. children too and so we have to protect them too and so we're working on providing grants for our private schools now if all the private schools don't use it then we'll let that flow back into the public schools and they can do additional things, right? Uh, we have an SRO bill right now that's going through, it's, it's in, on the House floor to help provide more money for SRO, school resource officers, armed, armed deputies. We had a huge argument with the members from Davidson County. Is their their superintendent does not want to put armed officers in the schools. Even now. Even now. No. They doubled down on it again, and and I'm telling you, we have to have those people in the schools. Most of these shootings, when they take place, the shootings are normally over in two to three minutes. Yes, that's it. The response time and what's and, and and Monday when I was driving to Nashville, I was passing all of the police cars coming out of Nashville on their way to the school. I didn't know what was going on, right? They responded and had the shooter uh, uh, killed in 13 minutes. Yeah. That's incredible. But it wasn't two to three minutes. Mm -hmm. So we've got to close that. How do you close that gap? We have to have, number one, make it almost impossible to gain entrance into our schools randomly. We have to make sure that we have SRO officers in every school in the state of Tennessee. Well, that, and is, that program but, is wonderful. My dad and Enoch George were pushers it, in this yeah, community. We've worked to get hard that. for years on that. And so here's where my frustration mounts. A week ago, a week ago, we passed a bill on the House floor, Senate Bill 315, that would allow private schools and local law enforcement to create memorandums of understanding so that local law enforcement could put, could put SROs in our private schools. That's right. That should be. Seven Democrats voted against it. All, well, all, all except for one from Davidson County. Well, that and makes no what's sense. What's even worse is one of the one of the members that voted against it represents the people who were in that school who were killed on Mon- on Monday. This is this is what we will got. formally represent. But, but those you know what? But, but, but here's what it's about. You got to do the right thing, no matter how hard it is. Yeah. You got to do the right thing for the people of Tennessee. Now, I believe that that this grant will take place for our, our private schools. We have now a bill in place that allows Columbia Academy to partner with Bucky Rowland mm-hmm. to create a memorandum of understanding of of help, helping to provide an SRO for that school. Right. Um, we have already asked the state patrol to start doing random visits to our private schools. That's good, too. Just come in. I'm sure Columbia Academy or Zion or Agathos or whoever, if a trooper shows up and just wants to spend some time on the campus with the kids, I'm sure they would be happy to provide them lunch. Right? Just walk around. That's what we got to start to do. And we've got to start to figure out a way to address these mental health issues. Now, people are, are, I'm telling you right now, they're screaming for red flag laws. Red flag laws take away your constitutional rights before a court has. And my job is to defend the Constitution. Now, one of the things we do have in process right now that nobody's talking about is we have a way for someone that is going through mental health issues 
that a, a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist can petition the court to have their rights for possession of a firearm removed. But a court has to do that because you're stripping away a constitutional, constitutional right. right. Yeah. And once you strip away a constitutional right for a mental health issue, it is extremely difficult to get it back. And so we're trying to work on this. But my dad taught me a long time ago. He said the hardest thing to do is an evaluate a battle when you're face-to-face with it. You have to step back from the battle and look at the battlefield. The big picture, and I figure say. out where where the weaknesses are, and then address and push your resources to those. I think we can identify that we have to have more help in the mental health side. I think everybody agrees with that. I think we have to make sure that our processes for for procuring a firearm, especially with this individual, were followed to a T. Right? Look for weaknesses there. Number three, we have to provide grants to protect the children of Tennessee no matter where they go to school with no strings attached from the government. You tell us, like here's Columbia Academy, right? I'm using an example. Here's a grant that you could pull down 200000 from the state. All you have to do is tell the state how you're going to use that money to harden the facility to make sure that we protect the children. Money well spent. Right, and I don't think there's any person in this, and I'd be shocked, but I don't think there's any person in the state of Tennessee that's going to argue that we don't have an obligation to protect the children of Tennessee. And so this is where we are right now. Now, we will step back from this battle. Trust me, this next week is going to be a long week. But we're going to step back from this battlefield, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to wait for the data to come from Metro Nashville about these guns, how were they attained, who were they attained from, right? Were all the steps followed properly, right? How can we increase mental health? How can we increase more grants for school security? One, my dad taught me also another lesson, that people who do these things have already crossed over the line where they're willing to die. Yeah. And when someone has the resolve that they're willing to die, it is extremely difficult to stop them because they've already given their life away. Well, there was an FBI agent psychologist that came on that said that very thing. Yeah, so, they don't care anymore. And, and, and that's the problem we have. And so, desire. You know, yeah. we, we, we're going to have to take a hard look <laughs> at the things that we allow our children access to. And parents are all shaking their heads right now because I'm talking about the cell phones, mm-hmm. the video games. Oh, the right? video games. We especially. have to take a hard look at a society <laughs> is, are those being introduced in a way that is devaluating life? Well, and, and all, that's true of nearly everything as far as movies and all those all those outlets for information or entertainment, they all are on the verge of misleading children. Right. So this is the job. This has become, this is the job now, is protecting our children in Tennessee. Now, we, I will do everything I can to protect our children, and that is my, my pledge. Um, a couple of updates here before we got to sign off here. The Transportation Act did sign. Uh, three, I'll give you a couple of the highlights right now. I'll say, remind us what that involves. So it's uh, three billion to the transportation modernization fund. Well, wh- what that does is we're gonna we're gonna infuse three billion dollars to TDOT this year for them to start to knock out a lot of the back order projects. Uh, Senator Hensley and I will be will be raising cane about Bear Creek and Highway 31. Uh, Seven hundred and fifty mil, uh, million allocated to each of Tennessee's four TDOT re- regions. So um, that's going to be another big boost for us here. 
300 million. I think I talked about this last week. 300 million to expand state aid. So on top of the money that our road superintendent, Mr. Boshears, gets from the state, Murray Kine will get an additional $4 million this year on top of that. And then we're going to look at ways to make your commutes quicker. <laughs> you know? I would vote for that or for anyone who supported that. So that's what we're working on there. That that did pass. That passed the House and the Senate. That is on to the governor's desk for signature. And then Monday. It's been a long journey, but uh, the Duck River Protection Act, uh, that hits the House floor Monday night. Good. And, and so hopefully we can. Uh, I will do my best. I will answer the questions that get asked, and I will not answer the questions that I don't care to answer. And we will get this thing hopefully pushed across the finish line and get this to the governor's desk and get this to become to protect our, our greatest natural resource, not only the Duck River for environmental reasons and recreational reasons, but for the survivability of our, of our community with clean fresh water. And once that's done, why don't you whisper in the ear of the Bedford County representative and the Hickman County representative? They should and let's join get the forces. Whole stretch. This, is, this is something that, that transcends party lines. Yeah. Absolutely. Is or we, should. We all have to drink water. We all have to have <laughs> a clean natural resource. And let me tell you, there's only so much water in the Duck River, so you better protect it. So that's what's going on. A lot of stuff going on Monday. We have 56 bills on the House floor Monday because we rolled everything on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will push through that. Everybody knows what happened up in the General Assembly yesterday. Um, it was, I, I've talked to many people, many historians. They have never, ever seen that, that break of decorum in the General Assembly in Tennessee. And you're talking about on the House floor. You're not talking floor. about the people out no. in, in the, the hallways. People, the people, now, there were people out there outside the Capitol, I'm telling you. Sure. Just peaceful protesters. Hey, you know, we, we need you to help us. But inside the Capitol, those were not protesters. Those were professionally peop- Those were professionals there that were made to, to start a riot. And I'm a, big, to. I'm a big guy. Yeah. And I was worried. Well, I, I I watched the video and it it was kind of disconcerting. It was bad. Yeah. And 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 to have three representatives, three representatives go to the house floor and stop the people's business. You know, everybody talks about how you know, you're silencing the voice of the people, right? Yeah. Three individuals, three representatives who swore an oath to the whole, to uphold the constitution and to follow the rules of the house broke decorum and silence the voices of 7 million Tennesseans. That's not right, and there will be consequences. Good. There will be consequences. So how long do y'all think y'all will be in session Monday night? Till like 11 or 12? Uh, Probably 10? Normally we don't stay past 9, so that would be 4 hours on the okay. floor. It depends. I mean, if, if it's non-controversial, we can get through a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm hoping that everybody realizes that the Duck River is going to pass, mm-hmm. and I can just renew my motion, and that's it. And mm-hmm. there are other issues. There are but, other issues. But there's too. going to be other issues going to come up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's going, to re, it's going to be in regards to possibly uh, whether or not three members still deserve to be with us. Well, that's going to be a very interesting discussion. Yes, it is. Never. There's a, there's a potential that we could remove three sitting members at one time. Never happened before in the state of Tennessee. Uh, but if you watch the video, don't, don't watch the video that the news agency.